but I can't get enough of running with scissors. <laughs> and welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy. This is some scary stuff, and I feel really nervous about it, Shepard. And this is... Mitchell, danger is my middle name, Manly. And I want to point out that danger <laughs> is not my middle name. My middle name is danger is my middle name. So I'm Mitchell, danger is my middle name, Manly. So Mitchell, Mitchell danger is my middle name, is my middle name, Manly. Correct. You got it. Nailed it. Oh, good. As long as I got this clear, I understand. Um... I don't even know why I chose this theme, but you went along with it. So I'm kind of happy with it. Yeah. I think I, I went with like... Yeah, I thought it was a pretty decent one. Well, you know, there's a lot of scary stuff in the world. And I don't think we really think about how scary and dangerous the world is. But sometimes we can think about how scary and dangerous the world is. And I figured there was probably scary... I mean, come on. Doom Metal has to have some like scary dangerous theme so i knew at least we'd have a doom metal song right sure yeah yeah i want did we end up with a, a doom metal song that we'll have to we'll have to see yeah but so yeah running with scissors um you know whenever you have like that pot with the handle hanging over the edge that kind of thing yeah right. that's the stuff that makes me like super nervous but mostly because i think that everything is dangerous you don't think that like, I don't look like everything seems dangerous to me, but if you knew me in high school, of course, Mitchell, you knew me in high yeah. school. You you know I was scared <laughs> yeah. of everything. So I think I've, like, adapted and changed a bit, but still everything is dangerous. And when I have a small child at home, which she's not even small anymore, I still think everything's dangerous. So I thought this would be a good theme. And thank you for rolling with it. Of course. What is the song you brought this week? So I'm going to start us off with Metallica and their song Trapped Under Ice, but slowed to 33 RPM. So pretty much all the ear buddies will all be familiar with Metallica. Uh, this was never a big single or music video, but it's probably my favorite Metallica song. Uh, and like that imagery of being trapped under ice and freezing and you can't move and you can't cry out. That whole situ situation just sounds dangerous and terrifying to me. Um, and I wanted to bring this particular version because if the ear buddies haven't heard it, someone has done this to the entire album of Ride the Lightning and it just makes all the songs so much bigger and sludgier sounding. Uh, James Hetfield's voice 
voice sounds like the voice of Satan. And <laughs> even slowed down like this, Kirk, Kirk Hammett's guitar solos still just shred so fast it'll make your ears bleed. So if you haven't heard this, uh, hop on YouTube and search Ride the Lightning 33 RPM and just listen to the whole record. Uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls is also especially ridiculous, uh, all slowed down. Just super heavy, super slow and sludgy. I love it. Well, that's what I was thinking. It was like, there's nothing much scarier than not being able to breathe. And I'm guessing being really cold and frozen at the same time makes it like a billion times worse. So I was listening and I was like, wow, this sounds so much deeper and scarier than any other Metallica I have ever heard before. And then I noticed that, like, of course, you use the 33 RPM uh, version. And I was like, wow. This didn't sound like it was 33 RPM because the guitars are so dang fast. And it's not even like they had to pitch shift it to make it like the guitar sound normal. He's just so high and so fast that whenever they like slow it to 33 RPM, it's like scary. Like this is. Yeah, definitely. With the name like Metallica, this is actually what I thought Metallica sounded like when I was a little kid and I hadn't heard Metallica, yeah. <laughs> but like my super religious parents thought it was like Satanism. So I was like, I was pretty sure this was Metallica like in the original form because it definitely yeah, no, does that sound makes like, sense. yeah, date, uh, it's like Satan's talking to you exactly as you said. It's really, really scary. So, um, I want to appreciate the fact that you brought the scariest Metallica song ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went, of course, I didn't go like 33 RPM, but I brought uh, Arcade Fire's Intervention. I can taste the fear. Lift me up and take me out of here. Don't want to fight, don't want to die. Just want to hear you cry. this whole album i um neon bible is my favorite of the arcade fire albums and this song is my favorite off of the neon bible and not many times are you talking about me like or are we talking about me loving an entire album because you know i like pop fluff and stuff like that and they're not really made for albums but this is supposed to be in an album and there is I mean, it's like a prog rock kind of album and blind faith is one of the scariest things in the world to me and following things without questioning scares the snot out of me. So I felt like this was probably the most dangerous thing that I could bring. Uh, There is so often that something gets twisted and just because folks are being led by someone that they truly trust, like there's 
like a lot of damage that can be happen uh, can happen with this. And I felt like this song really got down to the heart of it. It's like your family's starving, but you're still following the church and you're working for the church and you're doing all this. And uh, I mean, past the message of the song, like the organs and the snare are so good. And the swell of the music is like so good. It's like a hymn. And I really felt like if they're going for like, a blind faith album prog rock thing that this was like the best version of it yeah i agree with that um you know i I mentioned before we started recording that this was probably my least favorite arcade fire record uh when i I disagreed with you came out yeah so i'll have to go back and give it another chance uh because i did like this song it seems to be mixing like several uh themes relating to religious dogma which you know i I guess the entire record was kind of about that Mm -hmm. Uh, and they talk about religious devotion kind of clouding your other relationships uh you know with someone who's devoted to the church and who's who values those organizational needs over the needs of their own family uh they also evoke ideas like the crusades which were fought over religion or even modern wars which are fought ostensibly for freedom or to protect us from so-called savages but are actually just religious wars at heart you know and And when you believe that you're on a holy mission uh, and and you truly believe with every fiber of your being that your soul will go to heaven and that, you know, you'll be entitled to your every desire when you die in the name of your God, that's some super dangerous thinking. And like you can convince anyone to do the most vile shit if you just justify religion. So definitely counts as something very, very dangerous. Yeah, like. There's, I mean, just the idea, like, I mean, even if you think about one of our most recent wars, where both sides are almost, like, ostensibly fighting for their religion, like, I mean, if we go back to 2001, where, of course, that seems relatively new to me, but I'm in my 30s, but um, when we started going to war in Afghanistan and Iraq, and you know, a lot of it ended up being so faith-based. And I think that that's why this album exists is because it did seem like the Crusades at some point to very many people. And when you have both sides fighting for, you know, their own beliefs, there's like almost no way to stop it. And it does seem like one of the most dangerous situations for people as humans. But that's my opinion. So our ear buddies... I think they brought the absolute best of, um, I feel like they bought, brought the best songs for a theme ever, and I'm like super stoked. This was, <laughs> Mitchell, what did you think about the Ear Buddy selections? Uh, we got some great ones this week. I, you know, they always bring the funk every single week. Um, you know, sometimes we'll get more submissions than others, but this week we had quite a few really great submissions. I know. It was like mind-blowingly good, and I really loved it every single one of these songs um charlie z is our first ear buddy and he brought seminars stabbed in the deep
this is all the doing of the dangerous things with like some classic punk punkiness. And first of all, it's super listenable, which I guess I didn't necessarily think that all punk was listenable. And this is like super listenable and uh, able to... I think that has like a wider range of people who can listen to it. I don't know. Uh, it it makes me super on edge, but mostly because I'm a safety nut. And anybody who's swallowing glass makes me really, really nervous. And GI bleeds are really, really scary. And that's what it made me feel the most. That was the most poignant. I know it was the first lyric. It made me nervous. Like all of this made me nervous. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, this is like some super heavy post-punk, almost treading into the noise rock or post-hardcore territory. Uh, the recording has the raw intensity of like a Steve Albini production, uh, but it seems they recorded this themselves, so it has a lot of their own little tweaks and accents, which all sound incredible and heavy. Uh, the lyrics seem to be about revenge. Uh, the singer says that he spent all day picking shards of glass from his feet and hatching a plan to take someone down. So has the narrator of the song, you know, had danger visited upon him with the agony of broken glass but it sounds like the narrator is also uh, pretty dangerous and like tracking an adversary in his car and <laughs> busting through walls to like come and find him like the Kool-Aid man. I don't know. It's, it's pretty gnarly and the song just slaps. You know, so, and, and to be called stabbed in the D, I can't think of things, very many things more dangerous than getting stabbed in the D. I just, I just really liked it. And I didn't think it was noise punk cause I thought it was super listenable. <laughs> um, our next ear buddy is Joshua T, who brought Shoo Shoo Scissors! What's the solution for people like us? Welcome to Monica, Bookie Wookie Claire, Sleepy Pee Wee, Junior Little Buddy, Jolly Rock Cow, Geishi Park Bone, Champion Kitty, Light Cat, Pull the Handle. to get that out i swear this must be like the definition of mathy the whisper singing is so disorienting and like the lyrics are somewhat hard to dissect and i have no idea like uh what they're saying most of the time but i love this like i love the atmospherics i love the smoky the spookiness and like the drumming is like straight up asmr for me so i know that like scissors are super dangerous but come on <laughs> this is scary as heck and it's asmr and i freaking love shushu like i know that they're not the most um they're not not the most inviting 
band, but they are so rewarding once you get into them, and I love them. Yeah, Shoo Shoo, definitely a weird-ass band, uh, obviously with a song title like Scissors. Uh, this one fits the bill this week, uh, even though I can't really comprehend much of the lyrical content, but it's not just lyrics that, that can make a song elicit something dangerous. Uh, someone in the comments said the song sounds like being chased through the jungle, which I think is very accurate. It's got the relentless tribal beat that makes it very frantic and energetic, uh, but the instrumentation and the noises and the weird loops make things very anxious and unsettling. Uh, it definitely evokes like a feeling of being immersed in danger or of like fleeing from danger. And I think a lot of Shoo Shoo's music has that same feel. Uh, and their debut record was even called Knife Play. So I definitely think that that they enjoy playing with the idea of like violence and danger in their music. And like Knife Play was um, way when I was like one of those impressionable sixteen-year-olds. Way when I was scared of everything, someone, like, gave me a burned copy of Knife Play. And I've got to, like, i got to give so much credit to this dude named Brandon who gave me a copy of Knife Play out behind the, uh, like, movie theater I was working at. Because this is one of the best albums I ever got. And it's freaking scary. And I love it. It's very, very good. Oh, so good. Our next ear buddy is Courtney, who brings Modest Mouse's Spitting Venom. You were spitting venom at most everyone you know. If you truly knew the gravity, you'd know which way to go. Well, let it drop. Let it all drop. Let it all drop. Oh, let it all fall off. Mine is what pressing firmly right against your mouth to hear When you tried to spit them out Your words were not so clear Now drop Also, where I just want to point out that this collection of songs, and we're not even halfway through, is my absolute favorite collection of everybody songs in the world. Um, this is the version of Modest Mouse that I love. Spitting Venom as a reference to snakies, but also angriness. The range and dynamics is so satisfying and like absolutely amazing. Um, someone, uh, whatever the guy's name, Brock something. Isaac Brock. Uh, he. <laughs> Yeah, that guy. Uh, he he doesn't have a beautiful voice, but he has a voice that conveys like so much emotion. And this is this is actually a relatively long song, so choosing a clip is incredibly hard. Uh, it's really worth like a whole dang listen. And there's trumpets. They don't have trumpets throughout the whole thing, but there's trumpets, and it's freaking good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I always love the the reptilian imagery in songs and literature, and the idea of spitting venom, especially, uh, sounds kind of badass. Uh, I think that maybe <laughs> I just saw like some weird cartoons or super, superhero movies as a kid, and always thought that like spitting venom in someone's face would just be a badass superpower. Uh, here, it's obviously a metaphor for like arguing and being antagonistic towards someone that you once loved, and I think it's an especially powerful metaphor, like venom slowly seeping in, causing muscle to atrophy 
and and things slowly dissolve and degrade uh, much like that insidious habit people have of like turning on their loved ones and and things slowly begin to fail and fall apart before you even realize that things have become irreparable uh, I'm also fascinated that this is an eight minute song from Modest Mouse usually they're in and out in about three minutes uh, so the fact that Isaac Brock takes like a full eight minutes to make his point here tells me that he must have had a lot on his mind on this particular topic like who who was he fighting with to put this kind of like time into arranging you know like that must have been a fight yeah for sure our next ear buddy is justin w who brings good looking friends survive All of this is scary as heck, and I, like, I don't want any of that. I don't want to be in any of the circumstances that lead me to be in, like, well, after what seems to be a less ideal situation, uh, less ideal. Story songs, by the way, are the best songs, and I still have no idea what genre this is. What genre? Yeah, so I'd I'd classify (laughs) this as an emo band, but they have more in common with like the classic emo, like Sunny Day Real Estate or The Promise Ring, uh, than they do the more pop punk emo that most folks think about when they hear the term. Uh, Lyrically, this one has a lot going on that I'm really interested in. Uh, Some analysis online suggested that there's some themes of insomnia here, uh, but kind of being represented as a real battle. Uh, There's definite references to like fighting for the Japanese during World War II. Uh, They reference uh, Isoroku Yamamoto, who was an admiral in the Japanese Navy, and they make the classic sort of blame shifting point that, uh, you know, our army was just following orders, but they also acknowledge that the enemies too are just following orders yet it only results in casualties all around uh they also make reference to one of my favorite authors haruki murakami uh, whose writing often blends real life with like the strange dream logic so i think that line when i'm awake can't tell if i'm alive is using that same sort of murakami trope to emphasize that like glazed over insomniac state of living in a in a strange medium between waking life and the dream world uh, considering all the like really literate references here, I'm really interested to hear the rest of this album. And also just proof that real life is pretty scary. True. <laughs> so scary sometimes. Um, Lum, I guess going with that same theme of real yeah. life is really scary. He brings Ice T's cop story. We can't win! No way! Walk down the street, I flip them off. They hit me cross the head with a Billy Club. On the Senate, we're fighting the war. We can't win. 
Lum says, For a lot of people, there is very little in the world that is scarier than the police. This is Ice-T covering Black Flag's police story with members of Rollins Band. Uh, the song was recorded for a Black Flag tribute album with lots of punk and metal heavyweights lending their voices. Proceeds from the record went to help with legal costs for the West Memphis Three. Ice-T does an amazing job of being super punk. Like, there's... Okay, we can tease him about being on, like, TV and, like, the most tropish of uh, cop dramas, mm -hmm. but he's he's really versatile, and Lum, your take is extremely correct. Can't win when the system is set up against you, and I think that, like, Ice-T was the perfect voice of the lyrics for this Black Flag song. Like, almost more so than Black Flag was. Oh, certainly. You know, it's it's a shame that we don't really talk about Ice-T anymore outside of his acting career on Law & Order. You know, not only is he one of the realest and most talented hip-hop artists of all time, he was also among the first to, like, not only collaborate with white folks for the social, for the social purposes, but to, like, fully immerse himself in what might be considered white styles of music. Uh, he often covered punk and hardcore songs at his live shows, and we should all remember his, his metal band called Body Count. Uh, they had a hit song called Cop Killer that got him into tons of hot water when it was released uh, Ice-T was was at the forefront of of what like hip-hop music could do in the realm of politics and social commentary and it's pretty visionary to like blend lyrics about the black struggle into music that was traditionally white people music but by covering a black flag song he kind of shows that there's so much more common ground between punk culture and rap culture than either camp might have realized and it's, it's just ridiculous that like out of all the dangerous things that folks might write songs about police misconduct and police brutality are still among the most ubiquitous and like realistic dangers that some people face it's very sad i mean considering that lum like suggested this song like three or four days ago and we've had yet another like tragic um death mm -hmm. i mean we've had two tragic death of black men who did not deserve it and were being punished by police officers, you know, who thought that they were judge, jury, and executioner. Um, it says a lot. Like, a timeless song, but not, you know, timeless song in a theme that, unfortunately... It's timeless in a very sad way, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's been happening for, since as long as our country has existed. So... Yeah, maybe we should just all start blasting Ice T's cop story, you know? I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, ben rounds out our ear buddies with spoons. You got your cherry bomb. It was the longest day that I ever know. I watched you start that drive alone. Blow out that cherry bomb. Let it go on and on I could pay to buy Have all your cherry bow All I could be so fair 
know if I've emphasized enough how much of a safety geek I am, but like I'm already looking into reflective roller skates in case I want to like skate at night. Uh, cherry bombs are literal and figure like both of them. They figuratively and literally scared the living snot out of me. Every single 4th of July, I'm just like pulling up pictures of people like blowing off their fingers to like get my husband to not buy fireworks and it never works. Um, I was uh, misinformed that Spoon was one of those unlistenable bands and they are very listenable for a super influential band. And yeah, I first of all, guys, practice like explosion safety because y'all make me nervous every explosion holiday. It really makes me nervous. There's like so many mangled fingers every 4th of July. I'm just saying. Do you, do you know anyone it, personally that's had a finger blown off by a firework? No. Because I do. I know, seen, one, I know a person who blew oh up their God, hand. Oh my God, you do? Yes, they blew up their hand with a, a Roman candle and they lost a finger. So. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm glad I, I'm okay. So now I have a friend of a friend right, exactly. that blew up a finger. And so now I can like, can, so next 4th of July, if we can actually gather in like a group of three or four safely, Mitchell, can you like give the story of I your will. friend that blew off some fingers to Dakota? Because he, he keeps like downplaying it, but he's like a country boy. So, you know, he's not listening to me and it makes me so freaking nervous. <laughs> like cherry bombs are also scary because they explode toilets. That's true. So yeah, yes. Exactly. Spoon is a really eclectic band. Uh, some of it's upbeat and poppy like this. Some of it's kind of dark and moody, but all their music is super listenable and moving. Uh, obviously the cherry bomb Im imagery here is used to communicate that pent up emotion and repressed unhappiness in a relationship. And the, the narrator is trying to diffuse that tension without it exploding and ruining what they have. Uh, those sorts of explosive emotions are definitely dangerous in the context of a relationship. And on the more literal interpretation i found that uh cherry bomb type fireworks are the second most dangerous type of firework behind <laughs> mortar and shell type stuff like roman candles or those big like missile tubes so cherry bombs are extremely dangerous both in the literal context and in the context of like explosive emotions in a relationship both things should be uh avoided most likely so are you and me uh both on like explosions are bad and scary on 4th of July or is it just me cuz i'm scared of fireworks so bad no here's the here's the thing i really love fireworks i think they're awesome but you have to you have to respect the fireworks and you have to remember that you're dealing with something that can wreck your life if you do it wrong and you know it is rare but it is very real that people blow their hands up with fireworks so you just got to keep that in mind and uh you know safety first Okay, so I'm more of the, like, build a mound of dirt and, like, set it in the mound of dirt to let it, like, right. explode instead of, like, the hold it in your Roman, like, hold the Roman candle in your hand type exactly, of person. Exactly, yeah. So, but that's me, and I, I understand, but that's also what I do to, like, uh, where the moon, the moon shooters or, like, the just regular bottle rockets, I indeed have a bottle that's buried in dirt that that mm -hmm. is where I set that stuff off. But I'm scared of everything, and I understand that not everybody is like me, but still. I know that we're, like, a good, um, was it May, June? We're two months away from people blowing stuff up. So, um, safety first, please. 
This is really our our PSA that, you know, people are filming beforehand. That's all I got to say. Safety first. Um, if you want to tweet at us, uh, you can reach. Tell us your favorite fireworks. <laughs> if you want to tweet at us about your favorite fireworks that scares the snot out of me, tweet at Mitchell. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, which is also, if you have like terribly mangled fingers, and especially if it's like a fresh wound, go ahead and like tweet that at me because I'm like super into trauma, like because I'm a nerd. Um, don't tweet that at Pow, uh, that at END Pod, but definitely tweet it at Madam Woolite because I like gruesome stuff. Like, I don't want to hold the firework, but I'll totally look at your gruesome hand. Um, <laughs> weird transition um if you want to <laughs> submit great songs and be part of this show earbuds and earworms podcast group and if you want to leave a voicemail it's 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837 you can email the show endpod at gmail.com and you don't have to just be like Ivanka and like Smetma or whatever her name is there are two people that are definitely trying to get us to feature some song on their podcast or whatever. I don't even think they're real people. I don't know. They could be bots. But they've been pushing their song, and I don't think they're real people. Just my suggestion. Um, <laughs> you can see me struggle with internets because internets are hard, and I'm apparently turning old. EndyPod.com, part of the 10710 Network. What are you closing us out with this week, Mitchell? I'm going to leave us with a band called Pony the Pirate and their song Dangerous. Uh, Pony the Pirate is a Norwegian synth pop dark wave band. Uh, they had relative fame in Norway, but didn't really get huge anywhere else. Uh, they get compared quite a bit to the American band Twin Shadow, who they do admittedly sound a good deal like. So if you like Twin Shadow, hopefully you'll like this. And if you like this, you'll definitely love Twin Shadow. Um, this is, as far as I know, their most recent piece of music. It was a single that was released in 2015, but they never released another full-length album after this. Uh, the song is called Dangerous, and I'm pretty sure it's about like fatal attraction. And so it fits the theme, but the, the real focal point isn't even the lyrics. It's that insane synthesizer work, especially in the climax of the song. There's just this fantastic soaring synth solo. just gives me goosebumps and gets me so pumped every time I listen to it. So listen for that right Righteous Synth Solo, and uh, keep a safe distance as we leave you with Pony the Pirate and their song Dangerous. Dangerous.